This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 64 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Ben Lyon and his wife, Bibby Daniels, were Americans who settled in London during World War II and starred in the radio comedy High Gang from 1940 to 1949. With their real-life children, Richard and Barbara Lyon, they starred in Life with the Lions, a sitcom that ran from 1950 to 1961, and although scripted, featured real-life events in a fictionalized format. Two feature films followed in 1954 and 1955, Life with the Lions and The Lions in Paris. The show then transferred to television. Janet Waldo played Corliss in Meet Corliss Archer, CBS Radio's answer to NBC's A Date with Judy, for eight years following Priscilla Lyon, no relation to the lines mentioned earlier, in the role. She had previously played many other roles in other radio shows, such as Young Love from 1949 to 1950, People Are Funny, The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, The Red Skelton Show, and Lux Radio Theater, among others. She had bit parts in several films, before starring in the leading role in three Western films, and she appeared in a TV episode of I Love Lucy. She also reprised the role of Emmy Lou in the TV version of The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, which she had also voiced on the radio version. Ironically, that same role had also been voiced by Louise Erickson, who also played Judy in A Date with Judy, Meet Corliss Archer's rival radio show. Janet Waldo died in 2016, aged 97. Now sit back and enjoy the January 24th, 1952 broadcast of Life with the Lions and the episode Dexter Sees Corliss Going Out with Jerry Allen from Meet Corliss Archer. And once again, we'd like you to meet the Lion family. I'm Richard Lyon. I'm Barbara Lyon. I'm Ben Lyon. And I'm Baby Daniels Lyon. And here they are in the Tree of Knowledge. Well, that was a lovely lunch. Pop? Yes, Richard? What's a do-lap? A what? A do-lap. It's a... Well, uh... Well, how do I know? I don't know. I've never heard of one. It's the loose skin that hangs down the neck of a cow or an ox. Probably a handy thing, too. (laughs) It's called a do-lap because it laps up the do. Well, what about it? Oh, nothing. I just thought you'd be interested. I don't get the joke. It isn't a joke, Ma. It's information. Oh, finish your custard, kids. Flies have 2,700 eyes. <laughs> Apropos of what? Nothing. I just told you a fly has 2,700 eyes. I still don't see the last joke. 
Aren't you interested, Daddy? If I were in the business of outfitting flies with eyeglasses, <laughs> this sensational bit of knowledge would make me the happiest man in the world. But since I'm not, it leaves me strangely unaffected. Now eat your custard. I don't see any 2,700 eyes. Phoebe, what are you doing with that magnifying glass? I'm looking at a fly. Well, stop it. I want to count his eyes. Snails lay eggs. This is getting ridiculous. Well, no, it isn't. In South America, some snails lay eggs as big as pigeon's eggs. Sometimes I wonder how I've managed to live all these years without knowing things like that. Did you know some snails have decided homing instincts? The helix dispersa, for example, will sleep in the same spot all its life. I had a cousin like that. <laughs> but Richard, will you pass the sugar? Ben. Yes? It doesn't have 2,700 eyes. I counted them. Phoebe, you stop that. This is a fine subject for the table. Ma, do you know which is the largest city in Italy? Largest city? What's that got to do with flies? Well, what have your answers got to do with the question? Go on, Mother. What's the largest city in Italy? Well, let me see. Give me a little hint. Okay. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam. I got it. What is it? Buffalo. <laughs> no, Mother. Well, give me a good hint. Try Rome. I know. P-O-M-P-E-I-I. Phoebe, that's amazing. You spelled Pompeii. I did. I thought it spelled Rome. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have discussions like this all the time? Yes, dear. Now finish your custard while I go out and get some coffee. Richard, I've known you long enough to disregard this sudden burst of useless information. Now, what are you up to? Well, why should I be up to something to seek knowledge? After all, I have a modicum of intelligence, I have common sense, a good memory, and I think fast on my feet. Right? Yes, but you don't know anything. You don't want us to grow up to be ignorant, do you? It's a little late to do anything about that. Oh, Daddy. And don't look at me with those limpid brown eyes. I'm not one of your boyfriends. You're both up to something. Now, what is it? Well, let's put it this way. An encyclopedia is an asset to any family. Richard, are you selling encyclopedias? I wouldn't say that. Selling is such a harsh commercial word. Let's say I'm giving them away for money. Yes, that's right. Kenneth gets a commission and Richard gets part of it. Well, who's Kenneth? My new boyfriend. He sells encyclopedias. Well, you can tell him we're not buying one. But we need one. We need one like your mother needs another head. <laughs> Maybe we do need one. Oh, that's wonderful. Certainly not. But I told Kenneth you'd buy one. Well, tell him I've changed my mind. Oh, Daddy, you're ruining my whole life. Why can't I spend a peaceful day in my own home? No, I can't go to the literary ball. And after I told everybody I was going. What kind of a boy is this anyway who will only take you out if I buy an encyclopedia? But that's the only way he can afford to take me out. He gets a very small allowance. Well, just forget it. We don't need an encyclopedia. Furthermore, we haven't room in our bookcase for any more books. Uh, tell your mother I've gone out for a walk. Oh, Richard, what are we going to do? Wait until Kenneth comes over. He'll know what to do. Oh, that must be Kenneth, and I'm a mess. Look at my hair, Mother. Will you entertain him for me? Kenneth? Yes, Kenneth Lytell. You'll just love him. You'll want to eat him up. I don't think so, dear. I just had lunch. <laughs> no, Mother. I mean, he's so handsome. And so brilliant. And he has such beautiful brown eyes. I thought you said they were blue. Well, they're both. 
How can they be both brown and blue? Oh, one's brown and the other's blue. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, let him in. Will you, Mother, and I'll dash upstairs and comb my hair. All right, dear. You're a darling. Come in. Hello. You must be Mrs. Lyle. Mm-hmm. I'm Kenneth Lytell. I, uh, I suppose Barbara's told you all about me. Oh, yes, indeed. Barbara will be down in a minute. Sit down and make yourself at home. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Did you know a fly covers approximately four and a half miles a day? <laughs> no, no, I didn't, but it's very interesting. Um, could I take a look at your encyclopedia just to check? Oh, I'm sorry, but we haven't got one. What? No encyclopedia? No. Why, I never heard of such a thing. Every home should have an encyclopedia. They should. Oh, I'm glad you agree, because outside of my car, <laughs> I just happen to have the finest set of encyclopedia ever printed. <laughs> Isn't that a coincidence? Yes. But I don't think my husband would want me to buy one. Would you want your husband and children to be ignorant of what the average rainfall is in Siberia? Or into what body of water the river ooze empties? Oh, no. Well, our encyclopedia of 97 volumes is crammed full of interesting information like that. Valuable information. Useful in every walk of life. Well, I... Right. Uh, Richard! Yes, Kenneth? Will you bring in that set of books out of my car for your mother? Sure thing. 97 volumes? Isn't that expensive? Oh, surely you can afford two shillings. Only two shillings? Two shillings is absolutely all you pay. Down... After that, it's only one pound, nineteen and six a week for only thirty years. <laughs> oh, dear. I see. Well, that would come to around... Uh... Uh, approximately, yes. Yes, I'll put them in the dam. Good. You see, Mrs. Lyon, you pay for this fine set of books at the rate of only one penny every forty minutes. Well, that's nice. You're sure you don't mind dropping in every 40 minutes? <laughs> you really do need these. <laughs> and believe me, you'll never regret it. Now, just sign here. All right. Oh, Mother, you bought the encyclopedia. You're a darling. I'll love you forever. Oh, thank you, dear. I think your father's going to be very proud of me, too. I can just see his face when he walks into the den and finds all those books. So can I. Just think, he'll be the only man in the neighborhood who will know what the river ooze empties into. <laughs> oh, Phoebe. Hmm? Phoebe, I'm home. I'll leave you alone, Mother. Oh, how's the most wonderful little wife a man ever had? Hmm. That's a fine compliment. You've only had one wife. <laughs> Now, if Artie Shaw said a thing like that, it would mean something. Well, what I meant to say was, I couldn't have a better wife. Oh, you couldn't, eh? You mean you've cried? No, no, of course not. Listen, dear, I've got a great surprise for you. A surprise? Yes, which hand do you want? The one with the surprise in it. It saves time. <laughs> well, here you are. Oh, Ben, spring flowers, they're beautiful. And now I have a surprise for you, too. Oh, bless your little heart. You're a wonderful woman. I never realized how wonderful until I ran into Mayor Clinker at the club today. What do you think that stupid wife of his did? <laughs> I don't know. Well, listen to this. She bought him an encyclopedia. 97 books. <laughs> oh. Uh, she did. Yes, I couldn't help laughing right in his face. Oh, you've got your fault, honey, but you're not that scatterbrained. Now, what's the surprise you have for me? What? The surprise you have for me. What is it? Oh, it's, a uh, tapioca pudding for dinner? Are you asking me or telling me? I'm telling you, it's, it's tapioca pudding for dinner. You know, oh, pudding with tapioca's in it. Uh, <laughs> any more of that and I'll tapioca on the head. <laughs> that should rise a laugh. 
funny. <laughs> now, look, I'm going in the den and work for a while. Oh, no, you mustn't go in the den. Why not? Why not? Oh, yes, because the den's full of carpenters. Full of carpenters? What is? The den. Really? Then you shouldn't go in there. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Bebe. Are you trying to keep me out of the den? Oh, look, Ben, here's the morning paper. I'll read you the news. Sit down, dear. Oh, well, I'm glad there was a chair there when you pushed me. I'll sit on your lap and read you the news. Phoebe, why don't you want me to go into the den? Oh, read the headlines. It's very interesting. It says, Marble Arch Clarion, Thursday, January 25th, 1952. Price, three halfpence, five pages. Phoebe, I'm going in the den. Oh, Ben, wait, please. I'm not waiting. Oh, no. But, Ben, don't you want to know what the River Ooze empties into? Ooze River? Yes, Ben And and don't you want to know what the rainfall is in Siberia? (laughs) Speak to me, Ben, speak to me Don't you want to know what the river ooze empties into? Don't just sit there, say something Phoebe, whatever made you buy a 97-volume set of encyclopedias? Well, it was such a bargain, dear It's only two shillings and next Monday, all you have to do is give them one pound, nineteen and six. Well, that's not so bad. Well, of course not. And it's so educational. For instance, do you know what George Bernard Shaw's real name was? No. Well, if you wanted to know, you could look it up. You look it up. I already did. Well, what is it? George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> now, come on. Let's go in the den and stack the books in the corner. There's no more room in the bookshelf. All right, dear. Oh, Richard. Richard, where are you? Over here in the corner. I'm reading the encyclopedia, the section on money, and I found several mistakes in the report. Oh, don't be silly. They know more about money than anyone else in the world. Are you kidding? Am I kidding? Are you kidding? Am I kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> I'll get it. Hello, Barbara. Well, Mary Wilkinson. Richard, look who's here. Mary, come on in. Well, I'll leave you two alone. I have to go upstairs and change. Richard, I want to thank you for the flowers. I'm glad you like them, Mary. Oh, I do. They must have been beautiful when they were fresh. (laughs) It was so romantic of you to have sent them. Well, I wanted to get something to match your personality. Richard Lyon, how could you? Gee, what's wrong, Mary? They were snapdragons. (laughs) Really? The flower bed in Hyde Park said roses. Well, then, I forgive you. Won't you sit down, Mary? Uh, no, thanks. I came over to see if you'd lend me one of your new books. Uh, my mother's giving a lecture at the ladies' social club. Sure, I'd be glad to help your mother, because I admire her daughter so much. Mother's lecturing on tropical goldfish. Uh, better known to the man in the street as Caracius Oratus Shubankin. Well, you said it. I'll get the book. Oh, Pop, will you hand me volume 14? Volume 14? Oh, just a moment. Oh, here you are, son. Thanks. Here you are, Mary. Thank you, Richard. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mary. I must be running along. Yes? Yes. Well, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, oh, Mary. Yes, Richard. <laughs> uh, we're alone. Yes. Yes, I know. Uh, maybe we should say goodbye properly. All right. <laughs> Let's shake hands. <laughs> no, no, I mean... Well, uh, close your eyes, Mary. Like this? Yes, uh, and lift your head up a little. Now, don't move. You close your eyes, too, Richard. They're closed. Mary. (laughs) Richard, you kiss me. (laughs) What? 
Yes. Well, goodbye. And thanks. Oh, it was nothing. I know. <laughs> but thanks, I mean the book. Oh, did I interrupt anything, kids? Oh, no, Pop. See you tomorrow, Richard? Yes, please, Mary. Oh, Richard, I've been reading the car section in the encyclopedia, and I think if we follow it, we can fix up our car. After all, why should we pay Wimple for something we can do ourselves? Won't it be exciting? Yes, very. Well, is there something else you'd rather do, son? Are you kidding? Am I kidding? Where are the tools, son? Right here, Pop. Now, you keep the book open and check with me as I go along. There really isn't much in here about how to fix a car. Well, it doesn't matter. I know quite a little about it myself. Now, the first thing you do is to start the motor. Then you listen to it to see what the trouble is. I'll crank it. <laughs> Gee, it still has that dangerous cough. Yes, uh, maybe it needs some water. You pour the water in. All right. It started by itself. <laughs> well, what this car needs is a general overhauling. Uh, Richard, lift the bonnet. Okay. Why don't you start by taking the distributor head off? Good idea. Here goes. Pop, that's a fan belt. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you knew. Oh. Uh, what about all these wires that are hanging down? Oh, it's probably something Wimple left in by mistake the last time he fixed the motor. Pull them all out. All right. <laughs> now unscrew all those other bits and pieces and take them out, too. Now I'll mark everything so we'll know where it goes when we uh, uh, re-ensemble the car. Well, that's the wrong word, but I know what you mean. There now. Everything's out. Now we'll clean all the parts and petrol and put them back in. Uh, hand me the uh, rediffusion generator cap dynamo, son. Richard, uh, where's the rediffusion generator cap dynamo? <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> if we haven't got it, we probably have something just as good. Well, I'll take that long one with a twisted end. That's the monkey wrench. Well, the one next to it. Here. Now then, uh, let's put the parts back in the motor again. Yes, it won't take long. Now, let's see. This goes here. And that uh, thing over there goes by that other little thingamajig. I don't think so. It doesn't fit. Well, bang it in with a hammer. That'll make it fit. Okay. Hurry up, son. Good boy, it's all back in. All except that big pile of stuff over there. Well, we'll just have to leave it out. There isn't any more room under the bonnet. Well, shall we crank her up and see what happens? Yes, stand back, son. Oh, that, uh, the engine, she just fell out. 
Boy, this car is sure a wreck now. Yeah, fine book this is. The man who wrote it must own a bicycle. I wonder what we should do. Go in and phone Wimple. Oh, Barbara, where's Aggie? In the kitchen. She found a section in the encyclopedia about Scotland, and she's been reading it ever since. Well, open the kitchen door and ask her to make me a cup of coffee. All right, Daddy. However, the population of Scotland at the census of 1951 numbered 5,095,969. Aggie! More than one-fifth of whom lived in Glasgow. Aggie! These grand Scotch folk... It's no use. She just doesn't know what's going on around her. Well, I'm disgusted with this encyclopedia. I followed one of their lemon pie recipes and burnt myself. How? Well, the book said mix well and sit on a hot stove for half an hour. <laughs> oh, Mother, that's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous. I was done in five minutes. <laughs> Look, I'm going in the kitchen and see if Aggie won't make me a cup of coffee. However, the canals of Scotland are the Caledonian, the Crennan, the Forth and Clyde... No use. <laughs> I hope she finishes soon. She's got some shortbread in the oven and it's sizzling hot. Well, you can't blame her for being interested. They're very absorbing books. Oh! Oh, oh that's dear. in the kitchen. The shortbread must have exploded. Oh, poor Aggie. I'll go and see if she's all right. Yeah. And some of the Scottish mountains rise to over 4,000 feet above sea level. How is she? Oh, fine. The explosion didn't hurt her, but she doesn't look comfortable reading the book in the sink. <laughs> Help her clean up the kitchen. Come in. Flory, darling. Phoebe, darling. <laughs> I wonder if you let me look up something in your encyclopedia. Oh, of course, dear. What are you going to look up? Well, uh, I wondered if there was anything about, um, about personal magnetism. Personal what? <laughs> you know, Ben, the thing I need to make me attractive to men. Oh, that. Yes, there is a section on facelifting. <laughs> oh, don't be angry, Florrie. There's nothing wrong with having your face lifted. Oh? Well, how would I go about it? Oh, wait a minute, honey. I'll look it up under surgeons. No, no, no. Lifting her face is too big a job for a surgeon. <laughs> look under cranes. Ben, you stop that. I tell you what, Florrie. There's a whole chapter here on the allure of women in history. Oh, good. Look up, Cleopatra. Now, she was my type of woman. <laughs> oh, what are you laughing at? Poor Mark Antony. Ben, please. Instead of being so uncouth, it would pay you to emulate that great man. Well, I don't want to boast, but I do have a few of his qualities. In fact, if Mark Antony were alive now, he and I would have something in common. Yes, you'd both be about the same age. <laughs> well... Goodbye. I'll see you later, Bibi darling. All right, sorry, darling. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello. I came in the back way. Oh, Wimpy, old pal. Mr. L, old pal. <laughs> now, stop being funny, you two. Goodbye. Goodbye, Flory. I came to take the car away. I'll come back later with the baby. You mean you want to swap the baby for the car? Yeah. No, 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 no. I thought there might be something in that encyclopedia of yours on scientific methods of taking care of a baby. Oh, I'm sure there is. Good. Wallace hasn't taken his feeds properly lately. Well, perhaps you're not doing it properly. You're supposed to boil the bottle. I tried that, but the baby wouldn't eat it. <laughs> oh, Mr. Wimple. Yes, well, 
I'll be back with my baby Wallace later. <laughs> I especially want to find out that new scientific way of bathing a baby. Well, I'll look it up for you. Oh, car awfully. <laughs> Well, everything's ready for Wimple's baby, Richard. There's a tin bath full of water on the kitchen table, baby soap, towels, everything. That's well. Come in. Hello, Miss Will. Hello, Richard. Hi, Miss Wimple. Oh, fine, thanks. Here's baby Wallace. Wallace, say hello to your cousin, Richard. Richard, Richard. Money, 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 money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he certainly has you taped, Richard. <laughs> hello, Wallace. Well, he certainly has a wonderful sense of humor. <laughs> take the little brat, I mean, uh, take the little darling into the kitchen. Everything's ready for him. Thank you. I'll get that phone. Uh, you two start undressing the baby in the kitchen. All right, Pop. Hello? Oh, hello, Lion. This is Roger Wilkinson. I ran up to ask you if... Uh, hello? Hello. Uh, Donna, operator. Operator, I've been cut off. I'm trying to reconnect you, sir. Oh, thank you. Uh, hey, Wimple. Yes? I have to wait for a phone call. I'll read out the instructions from the book while I'm waiting. Uh, just a second while I find the page. Have you, though? Be sure and shout. Otherwise, we can't hear you. Hello, sir. You're through now. Oh, thanks, thanks. Hello? Hello, Don. Before we were cut off, I was going to tell you I just bought a second-hand sailing boat. And I wondered if there was any information in your encyclopedia about testing a sailing boat. Well, hold on, Mr. Wilkinson. I have the book on bees right in my hand. Now, let's see, uh, babies, beehives, boats. Oh, yes, here it is. You'll have to talk much louder. This is a very bad line. All right, all right, I found the page. I'll read out the instructions. Did you hear that, Mr. Wimple? Pop's ready to read the instructions to us. There, that's right, Wallace. We're going to put you in the nice water now. Before putting in water, seal up all the crevices with pitch. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> eh? And... And it should be slid into the water stern first. <laughs> Gee! Particular care should be taken if it has not been in the water for more than six months. <laughs> he can't talk about my wallets right then. It's advisable to scrape off the barnacles. Look <laughs> here, who do you think he is? Barnacle builder sailor? What an encyclopedia. If it sinks, obviously something is wrong. Bobby, what an understatement. Yeah, I've written all that down, Don. I suppose I could scrub the deck, too. Now I guess Pop will tell us how to wash it. Yes, scrub it with a large, stiff brush. <laughs> what? All right, all right. Don't worry, if you want it. And remember, for identification purposes, its name should be painted on its stern. <laughs> that encyclopedia certainly is thorough. And here's one last safety hint. Make sure it has a tarred bottom. <laughs> right, that has done it, that has. Come on, Wallace. I'm going to carry you home and bathe you in the good old-fashioned way. Well, thanks a million, Don. You've been a tremendous help. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Wilkinson. Wilkinson? Pop, were you talking to Mr. Wilkinson all the time? Yes, I was giving him instructions about his sailing boat. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sailing boat. <laughs> Miss Janelle, you're a proper cough drop, you are. <laughs> Phoebe, 
I just got the bill for that set of encyclopedia. I won't stand for it. I tell you, I won't stand for it. Then stop turning white. I mean red. I mean purple. I mean puce. My goodness, you changed so quickly. Just wait until I see that salesman. He's in the living room with Barbara. What are you going to buy? Nothing. I'm going to make him take back every one of those books. Hello, Daddy. This is Kenneth. How are you, sir? Just fine. Have you got your car with you, Kenneth? Uh, yes, sir. Good, because I want you to take those books back. Come in the den with me and I'll help you carry them out to your car. But, Mr. Lyon, don't you think that... Come on! Uh, yes, sir. Well, I never knew your father was so masterful. Hey, what's up? Daddy's sending the encyclopedia back. Poor Kenneth. He won't get his commission now, and he's already bought the tickets for the ball. How about my commission? Ma, can't you talk Pop into keeping them? Oh, no, dear. I've learned one thing. No one can talk your father into anything. Here they come. Poor Kenneth. Well, goodbye, young man. Goodbye, sir. I'll send the bookcase over in the morning. I, uh, I assure you, you'll never regret buying it. Come along, Barbara. We'll be late for the ball. Well, I'm ready. Pa! He kept the books, too. Yes, persuasive fellow, isn't he? Ben. Yes, dear? You mean to tell me that after I was stupid enough to buy a set of encyclopedias, you were idiotic enough to buy a bookcase? Yes, dear. <laughs> you know something? What? I love you. We're so much alike. Yeah, and I take after you both. <laughs> encyclopedia? In the new bookcase, son. Oh, no, Daddy. That bookcase is empty. Empty? I don't understand. Well, I can explain it, honey. You see, I knew you weren't very happy about my buying all those books, so I persuaded Mr. Wimple to take them. Wimple has our encyclopedia? Yes, yes. At first he refused, but I talked and talked and talked and talked, and finally he agreed to take them. I made a very shrewd deal. Uh, how much? Thirty-six pounds. Thirty-six pounds? Well, that's wonderful. Thank you, dear. And Mr. Wimple says you can pay him by check. Pay him? Oh, I give up. That was life with a lie. With B.B. Daniels and Ben Lyon, with their children Barbara and Richard. Also in this recording with Doris Rogers, Molly Weir, Horace Percival, David Enders, Hugh Morton, and Patricia Field. Script by B.B. Daniels, Bob Block, and Bill Harding. BBC Variety Orchestra was conducted by George Deason, with incidental music by Arthur Wilkinson. Production by Tom Ronald. <laughs> Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Archer, America's teenage sweetheart.
featuring Sam Edwards and Fred Shields, and starring Janet Waldo. Have a good day? Yeah, fine. Where's Corliss? Mm, she'll be back soon. She went for a walk with Dexter. Dexter. Good heavens, how can she stand being with him so much? Well, you know what they say. Love is blind. Yeah, <laughs> but not cockeyed. <laughs> well, you can't judge a book by its cover. If Dexter is a book, his index is scrambled, his appendix is in the wrong place, and his binding is loose. <laughs> Stop it. You're pretty fond of that boy, and you know it. You're so used to kidding about him, I don't know what you'd do if you didn't have him around. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> but I'll bet I'd enjoy it. Stop it. <laughs> All right, Janet. Say, you haven't made any plans for Friday night, have you? No, why? Good. The Allens have invited us to dinner, and they want us to bring Corliss. Oh, fine. I'd love to go. I should imagine Corliss will enjoy it, too. Tom's son, Jerry, is the lifeguard at the pool. And after spending so much time with Dexter, Corliss should enjoy seeing a boy who has muscles in his arms instead of in his head. Oh, Harry. Mom, we... Oh, hi, Daddy. Good evening, baby. We were just talking about you. About me? Yes. We're taking you out to dinner Friday night. Oh, swell. We're going over to the Allens. You know Jerry Allen, don't you? Are we going to his house? Yeah. Oh, well, then I don't think I'd better go. Why not? When Dexter and I became engaged to be engaged, we promised each other we'd never have dates with anybody else. But this isn't as though you were going to have a date with Jerry. His family has invited us all over. They're very nice people, and you ought to meet them. Well, I don't think I'd better, Daddy. Dexter wouldn't understand. Corliss, you can't cut yourself off from all contact with intelligent people just because Dexter is too <laughs> stupid to understand. I don't care if I never see any intelligent people... Just so long as I can see Dexter. Oh, for heaven's sake. Corliss, can't you tell Dexter that you're merely going there to dinner and explain the circumstances? But, Daddy, you don't understand Dexter. Einstein wouldn't have understood Dexter. <laughs> if he's too stupid to understand, just don't tell him anything about it. Well... That's settled? Well, oh, yes, Daddy, if you think it'd be all right. It'll be all right. Okay, then. But, golly, be sure you don't say anything to Dexter. Hello, Miss Larcher. If you're not too busy, I'd like to talk to you. Oh, goody. <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, let's put it this way. Would you like to loan me a dollar? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. No. <laughs> Let's start over again. Okay, shoot. Mr. Watcher, I'd like to do you a favor. Good. Now, uh, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. So I understand. <laughs> All right. So if I take a dollar from you, I'll be starting you on your way to heaven. <laughs> think so, because even without giving you a dollar, I am not a rich man. Oh. On the other hand, I suppose you're broke. 
That's pretty good freehand supposing. <laughs> so if I gave you a dollar, that would make you comparatively a rich man. And, Dexter, I just haven't got the heart to keep you out of heaven. <laughs> well, I guess I had too much English on that one. <laughs> well, let's start again. Okay, your lead. Mr. Archer, all the world loves a lover. All right. I love Corliss. Therefore, I am a lover. Okay. Corliss thinks so highly of you that to her, you are all the world. Now, all the world loves a lover. Therefore, you love me and would like to give me a dollar. <laughs> you, you trapped me. <laughs> Do I get it? Well, looks like you've earned it. Okay, here. Oh, gosh, Miss Rocker, thanks. Wow, a buck. One whole wonderful dollar. Look at it. So crisp, so green, so beautiful. What a lovely sight. What a thrilling spectacle. What a... Dexter, stop drooling on the rug. <laughs> what are you going to do with that buck? I want to buy Corliss a present. I haven't had enough dough to buy her anything for months. And I love to give her things. Hmm. I don't really see why I should finance your romance. The better your romance is going, the more time you spend around here, and the more time you spend around here, the more miserable I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't kid me. You're a real good friend of mine. All right. Go on, get out of here before I change my mind and take back my dollar. Okay, Mr. Archer. So long, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Corliss, about tonight, there's a new picture opening at the Bijou tonight. Oh, Dexter, I, I'd love to go, but... Um, but what? But I can't. I won't be able to see you tonight. Why not? Well, uh, uh, Mom and Daddy are taking me out to dinner. Oh, <laughs> I got scared. I thought for a minute maybe you had a date with another guy. Where are they taking you? To, um, to some... Friends of theirs. Oh, heck. I wish we could have made it. Oh, golly, I wish I could go, Dex. But I've already promised Daddy. I'd much rather be with you than those friends of Mom's and Daddy. I'd rather be with you any time, any place, than with anybody anywhere doing anything anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I feel awful I won't be able to see you. I feel terrible I won't be able to see you. <sighs> I guess this is real love. It must be. Nobody would go through all this misery for anything else. <laughs> really, Jerry, we shouldn't have come down here to Schroeder's. I don't think it was polite to leave your house like that right after dinner. Now, don't trouble your pretty little head about it, Corliss. The old fogies are all snarled up in their bridge game. Just relax, baby, and live a little. You've got your soda to drink and my muscles to feel. What more could a girl want? I think we'd better get back. Unlax, baby, unlax. I've wanted to be alone with you for a long time. Why, do you realize that you're making hundreds of girls in school unhappy? Me? Yes. Night after night, some gorgeous creature will be running her fingers through my hair, adoring me. Then she'll notice a faraway look in my eyes, and she'll say, What are you thinking about, baby? And I'll say, 
Call us Archer. Ha, it kills him. <laughs> well, I suppose that's very flattering, but you really shouldn't talk that way. After all, I'm engaged to become engaged to marry Dexter. Dexter? Oh, you joke, girl, you joke. Don't waste yourself, baby. Not on that. You could have me. Why eat peanuts when you could have caviar? <laughs> well, let's face it. Who am I to be modest? Even if I didn't think I was the greatest, what's one man's opinion against the opinion of hundreds who do think I'm a ball of fire? Well, I guess you are a ball of fire, that. Come to the party, baby. Yeah. That must be where all the hot air is coming from. <laughs> You're fighting me, gorgeous. You're fighting me. Well, all I can say is Dexter will I never... I want to buy a present for... Corliss. Dexter. Well, if it isn't simple, Simon. <laughs> so, this is how you go out to dinner with your father and mother. Well, Dexter, you don't understand. I understand, all right. That guy doesn't look to me like your father. <laughs> but, Dexter, we were with Daddy. Daddy arranged this whole evening. He arranged this? Oh, don't you see, Dexter? Daddy and I agreed not to say anything to you about it because I know you wouldn't understand. I understand all too well. And all I can say You're is... annoying me, Junior. <laughs> no. How would you like to step outside? I'd love to step outside. Good. Well, come on. Me? <laughs> I don't want to go outside. You go outside. Chicken, what's the matter? Haven't you got any red blood in your veins? Yeah, but I'd like to keep it there. Okay, okay, beat it. All right, I'll go. And as for you, Corliss, I never want to see you again as long as I live. Ah. What am I going to do, Daddy? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? There's a bad echo in this room. <laughs> Harry, don't joke. How can you joke about this, Daddy? I can't tell you how awful it was at Schroeder's last night. Dexter wouldn't let me explain. He wouldn't let me explain. All right. Now, wait a minute, Corliss. I've waited for 24 hours. Now, hold it a I... minute. Now, look. All you have to do is tell Dexter the truth. Tell him exactly... But he wouldn't what... listen. Well, he's had a chance to calm down now. Try it again. He'll understand. I'm sure he will, Corliss. Nobody could be that stupid. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> you call him up now, Corliss, and I'm sure you can straighten it out. Oh, oh I certainly hope so. He's got to understand. He's got to. He's got to. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't... Oh, oh Dexter, this is Corliss. Ha! <laughs> Listen, Dexter, you've got to understand that I love you. Oh, huh. What is love? Love is a temporary chemical reaction that only fools believe will last. <laughs> it's a silly dream, a ridiculous illusion, a bubble, a poof. Dexter, listen to me. We live, we suffer, we die. And only the undertaker laughs. <laughs> oh, two-faced twist. Oh, perfidious person. Oh, faithless female! Dexter, you have no right to talk to me that way. Have I not? Huh. Listen, Dexter. No. Wrong enough have I listened to your blandishments. But now I see you for what you are. What all women are. Goodbye, Corliss. Forever. Goodbye. Dexter? 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 What did he say? 
He hung up on me. He called me perfidious. He called me faithless. He called me a... He called me a female. <laughs> well, he can't talk to me that way. Oh, call us for How can he be so completely lacking in understanding? He is stupid. He's just as stupid as you've always said he is. And crude. The names he calls me. Horus, I'm sure of it. Not worthy of my affections. He's not. I hate him. Oh, Horus. I do. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> There's that echo again. <laughs> Look, I don't know I... how I ever could have loved him. Oh, when I think that I've given him the best years of my life. Oh, I hate him. Oh, this is a madhouse. I'm getting out of here. Where are you going, Harry? I don't know. I'll take a walk until things settle down here. I've got to stop in at Schroeder's anyway to buy some cigars. Oh, for the love of peace. Why can't children be born 40 years old? Now back to Corliss Archer. Dexter. Hi, Mr. Archer. Say, you look a little green around the gills. Oh, well, that's life. Dexter, maybe you better not drink anymore. How many sodas have you had tonight? Six. But what else is there for a man to do but drink? Oh, now, get a hold of yourself, old man. And stop gulping that soda. I'm just a lone wolf. Oh. <laughs> just a caboose on the train of life. <laughs> I'm just going to have to be independent. Self-reliant. I'm going to depend on no one but... Yeah. <laughs> Favors of no one. No. Mr. Archer. What? Please take me home. Is that you, Harry? Yes, it's me. Are things a little saner around here now? Well, quieter, anyway. I'm all through crying, you can be sure of that. Why should I waste my tears over Dexter Franklin? Well, I can see how you might be upset about losing him. He's a pretty nice kid. He's hateful. Oh, I simply can't understand why he can't understand that I understood he wouldn't understand. Huh? <laughs> well, does he? Does he what? Oh, you don't understand. I won't argue about that. <laughs> well, one thing is certain. I don't need Dexter. He sure needs you. That's just too bad. Well, if that's the way you feel about it, I guess there's no more to say. So now maybe I can read my paper. I see by this advertisement, Benson's department store is going into the meatpacking business. 
the meatpacking business. Yeah. They're having a sale on girdles. <laughs> well, let's see what else is new in the paper. What do you mean? He needs me. He's sick. But I thought you didn't care. I don't. Okay, then. Well, I see taxes are still rising. Very sick. <laughs> well, he sure looked awful when his father and I put him to bed. Well, that's just too bad. It's early yet, Harry. Do you feel like going to a movie? Clark Gable's playing at the Bijou. Well, I see Gina Lala Brigida is at the Rialto in Trapeze. <laughs> Why would you rather see Gina Lola Brigida than Clark Gable? That question was answered when my father won his bet from my mother and she agreed they'd have to call me Harry and not Harriet. <laughs> All right. But, Corliss, where are you going? Where I belong. To the side of my lover who needs me. <laughs> should go. So young and so fair. Oh, Dexter. You mustn't blame yourself, Corliss. I forgive you. I die of a broken heart. A heart you broke. <laughs> but I forgive you. Thank you, Dexter. Don't mention it. <laughs> I ask nothing of you, Corliss. I only hope that you'll be happy with Jerry Allen. I ask nothing. Except Maybe if you want to, after you're married, you might call your first dog Dexter. <laughs> oh, Dexter, you mustn't talk that way. You mustn't. I need you. I love you. I've always loved you, and I always will. I don't want anyone else. Honest? Honest. Well, then, now I guess I can get out of this stuffy old bed. <laughs> You're all dressed. <laughs> sure, I'm not sick. Oh, I was a little rocky earlier this evening, but your father fixed me up swell. What? Sure. Oh, he's a wonderful guy. He explained exactly what happened last night, and he, to he told me to pull this deathbed gag. He said that would fix up everything between you and me. <laughs> he's really a good friend of mine. Why, he's the greatest well, guy... Well, to... I take it that everything's all right here, huh? No, 
Everything is not all right. That was a sneaky trick, Dexter Franklin. And I never want to see you again. Oh, holy cow, Paulus. Do not speak to me. And if I ever... Now, wait a minute. I think we've had enough misunderstanding around here for one day. But, Daddy... Don't you see, Corliss? This whole misunderstanding never would have happened if we didn't all really love each other very much. And that's certainly nothing to be angry about. Well, how about it, Corliss? I guess Daddy's right. Go on, kiss and make up. Well, all right. Here, Dex. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> I'm glad you're able to look at nice cream soda again. Yeah. This is like old times being back at Schroeder's with you. How's your soda? Good. Real sweet. Just like you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just wish that Jerry Allen was here. Muscles or no, I'd throw him out on his ear. You would, Dad? You bet I would. I'd slaughter him. I'd swarm all over him. I'd wipe the street with him. Dexter. I'd tear him to pieces. Dexter. When it comes to protecting my woman, I'm a caveman. That's what I am, a caveman. Dexter, be quiet. Jerry's right in back of us, and he's listening to everything you say. Yeah, and it's very interesting. Dexter, where are you going? I'm a caveman, and I'm heading for the deepest cave I can find. Starring Janet Waldo is based on characters created by F.U. Herbert. It's a James L. Sapphire production directed by Stephen Hayden. Tonight's script was written by Jerry Edelman. Dexter is played by Sam Edwards. And Mr. and Mrs. Archer by Fred Fields and Monty Margette. Frank Gerstel played the part of Jerry. Music was composed by Felix Mills. Meet Corliss Archer. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 